This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on it so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Hey, Em. Hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Decade. It's 2020. We said this in the last episode, but now it's actually 2020. Yeah. Well, we did also our listener episode for the first of the year, but now... This is our first real episode of the year. Anyway. Oh, no, it's not. Well. Never mind. <laughs> this is the first one we're recording in 2020. That's for sure. <gasps> that's true. That's true. That's true. Hi, uh, kids. Can't wait to hi. see you. Uh, well, uh, Talk so to me when you're home. Speaking of which, I would like to introduce a new member of the And That's Why I Drink family. I'm not pregnant. Ooh, oh, my God. This is Skylar. Our- oh, <laughs> Skylar. Here's the thing about Skylar. Okay, I wasn't going to mention Skylar, but if you want me to roast the shit out you of you publicly... My, do you think my dad just fainted? Should I call an ambulance? My dad probably just had a heart attack. I think he's about to when he finds out who Skylar well, is. Well, okay, maybe he's... So yeah. here's the thing. I've mentioned the skylight in Christine's... <laughs> in our studio oh, a few times because... I like how you said Christine's spare room. I mean, our studio. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's a skylight in here, and usually when we uh, start... The way that we're set up, or the way it used to be set up, is I would sit right under the skylight so when dusk happened and the sun was starting to set it was always in my eyes it was very painful nowadays <laughs> the new thing about the skylight is for like how long have you lived here now christine two and a half years two and a half years <laughs> she has never once cleaned the skylight well how the, what the fuck am i supposed to do clean a skylight in the spare room it's i mean it's kind of hard to get to but and that means you that know why the- i don't clean the goddamn skylight because you show up here with confetti cannons and then walk out the door and say good luck cleaning all that i'm surprised there isn't confetti in the dust collector oh i'm there. sure there is so this skylight is really just gnarly there's a spider web that's been growing for two and a half years well and every time it used to be like a little spider web and i was like oh there's something there one day she'll dust it and then it got bigger and bigger and i was like i don't think she's ever gonna dust it and then one day i mentioned it to her and she was like oh i've never noticed that now that i'm sitting in this direction it's yeah. pretty wild and then since then i've got i've grown attached to it and so now we were saying what if there's a little spider up there and christine was like surely there is and i was like we should just clean that she was like no i named the spider and i was like you have what on earth is a spider skylar because the skylight so but it didn't occur to me i just screamed she skylar. literally screamed the name skylar hoping it would land th- and it worked you were threatening to get rid of my pet and then i was like well 
I he has a name, and you're like, well, what is it? And I, I like, don't even uh, know if spy the Skylar's the spider or Skylar's the whole well, web. Well, M named the the web Deb, so that's a whole different. Skylar the spider and Deb the web, but De- Deborah the the Weber does. But as a whole unit, I think we just refer to the skylight space as Skylar's spot now. So yeah, um, this is Skylar's room. This is definitely Skylar's room. And I'm not pregnant, to clarify again, once again. So apparently, we are really just building up quite the collection. One day someone's going to give us, like, an <laughs> abstract collage of random creatures that we've taken in. Like now, because you know it says that all mummified fruits and all furry pets. And yeah, all... to be clear, I'm not a spider fan. For people who are wondering if I'm, like, into, like, spiders. But well, who in the world is wondering if you're into well, because spiders? Because my stepsister's, like, she has, like, two tarantulas and stuff. Like, oh. There are spider people out there. I'm not one of them. I'm not either, but this, I am because I just named this one. Skylar. Also, the reason I love Skylar currently is because I've never once seen Skylar. If I see a spider come out of that damn thing, I'm going to lose my I mind. I think that's scarier because you're like, where is he? Could, He's the invisible he man. Behind you? Maybe. Anyway. Anyway. So there's Skylar. That's our new friend, Skylar. And um, I do love that I just, I'm like one of those, I just like collect uh creatures dust oh and yeah dust and dirt uh i guess i was listening to some old episodes recently uh don't ask me why i've been in a weird headspace and i listened to some old episodes um and i happened to listen to two of the ones where i saved bugs i'm sure there were many more but two of the ones where i saved bugs and the first one i was crying because i was in the kitchen like and you were like christine just throw it in the trash and there was episode i don't know really early like negative five like negative five and you kept saying throw it away and i was like i have to dry his wings off first <laughs> you were like it's a gnat it's revolting to me <laughs> i like i'm also not a bug person if you don't have I'm not either like i don't enjoy having insects well i do have skylar so i can't talk i ugh. i take it all back so but anyway so and then also the grossest part was as we were talking about skylar we got we were like so happy <laughs> And then all of a sudden, like a draft came through, and the uh, the web started waving. It was, like it was a draft. rippling. It Deb was waving to us. It was rippling, and so we were like, "Oh, look, Skylar's waving!" And then we just started waving to the web. We're twenty seven and twenty eight years we old, were and there's no children here. We're yeah. trying to like play make believe with. We legitimately waved at a spider. Like web. we weren't doing it as a joke. We were waving just to, hello. and then we it stopped waving. We were like, "Why won't it wave back anymore?" like real crazy like, people like we pissed skylar off anyway it's uh, getting bananas uh, i don't know why this is happening. happy new decade <laughs> this is, nothing's changed <laughs> new year old me as you can tell we've grown a lot as people right 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 <laughs> um so uh how are you doing i'm okay i i haven't i haven't spoken on here since i was home i went to virginia that was fun oh god a lot has happened i went to what'd you do for new year's um, I stayed home by myself with Skylar. Yeah, with Skylar. <laughs> and I did a. I had actually four animals in the house, and I guess five if you include Skylar. And uh, I did a little uh, ask me anything for my close friends. And at first, I didn't think anyone was responding because I didn't know how to check the answers. And so for half an hour, I was like, I am the biggest loser on the planet. It's <laughs> what, New Year's Eve. <laughs> what kind of cocky asshole do I think I am? I'm like, hey, guys, let's hang out. And no one's responding. But there were a lot of people chatting with me. So I had fun. What about you? Um, I was in Richmond with Deirdre and all my hometown friends. And you went to a Roaring Twenties. I did. We had reserved early on a club. There was like a, oh. a bar, bar club, lounge place that uh, was decked out to... Apparently, we were all supposed to dress like we were from the 20s. You did have suspenders. I had suspenders. I actually had a costume change only in the suspenders. I had oh, two suspenders. Wow. I had a like a like a classic 1920s black pair. And then that was during pre-gaming. Mm-hmm. And then when we went out, I uh, had neon green light up LED suspenders. 
so there was oh, a costume shit. change but the pregame was very fun i learned a playlist that um oh, i then yeah. introduced to christine we had a birthday party for blaze that i told you guys about but it was not a surprise party because i realized pretty quickly blaze hates surprises so i was like i'm just gonna tell him about his party it was fun though it was a blast thank you for christine coming. had what? fun what? christine had a lot of fun what? at that party nope <laughs> christine <laughs> let her let her uh freak flag fly and oh, we can put it that way uh I kept whispering things, apparently. I don't know. First of all, by the way, the playlist that we were listening yeah. to, it was a 1920, it was 1920s music, but remixed for now. That was a, a Deirdre recommendation. It was pretty cool. I will say, Allison did the Charleston. My fucking girlfriend can do the Charleston. It was pretty wild. It's bananas. My fucking ex-roommate can do the Charleston. Can you believe it? Okay. Well, also, anyway, for this party, uh, Allison and I were, I think, the first to arrive, and then we were the last to leave. And once we were the last to leave, Christine had had a little wine. <laughs> And I guess she hadn't had a lot of wine recently, so it hit her. It actually was not wine. It was my brand new invention. Um, Oh, it wasn't like a combination of everything you owned? I made my own jungle juice. It was like the kitchen sink. It was awful. I made jungle juice, and then I kept running out of... Not that I tasted it. It looked awful. The bowl was so large, because I went to Party Party City, and I bought the largest bowl they had, thinking, oh, this will fit my punch. And then I put all the ingredients in, and I went, oh my god, it's like an eighth full. And I'd gone to Costco and bought, like, the giant two-liter vodka, so I just put the entire thing in there, and it finally filled up. Glug, glug. It was delicious. And the party went on. And (laughs) so Allison and I were the last ones, and Christine was like, oh, I totally forgot to, like, bring out um, Blaze's ice cream cake earlier. So, like, everyone's gone, but, like, the four of us are here. And I was like, well, I guess we're eating some ice cream cake. I guess so. And Christine was holy shit drunk. No, I wasn't. No, you weren't. You were holy shit tipsy. I don't remember it. You were. I I must have been. You weren't sober. You were not sober. I haven't had that much drink in a very long time. But you were like fun, Christine. Like there, it wasn't like a there wasn't a bad version. Like and, you were in misses, the good zone. And misses me when I was I love drunk Christine. Drunk. I and I, there's no one I love more on earth than drunk Blaze. And oh, they God. were when they're drunk together, it's oh, a powerhouse. Oh dear God, help! And us. they were both drunk. I was having such a blast. I was like, Allison, we cannot leave. I don't know when I'll get this again. I was so glad you were still there because Blaze's brother went to bed in the adjoining room, five feet over, and I was like, Thank <laughs> God you guys are here. No, I had a blast. And then no one except me and Allison wanted to eat the cake. So Allison and I basically ate a oh, whole caramel cake. I was cake. eating that because I found frosting down my neck the next morning. I have videos on my phone of Christine. Literally, I'm not kidding, Christine. You put your entire face in the no, cake. No, I didn't. Do you want the video? No, I don't want the video. You had your whole face in the cake, and apparently. Then there's videos uh, she shoved her face in the cake and then she tried to lick her own face <laughs> but she couldn't reach any of it because she was trying to lick her fucking face and then her hands were covered in like the blue carvel stuff her nose she had a big blotch on her face and then i started whispering <clears throat> and then she started whispering things um i woke up the next morning and thought i was whispering in allison's ear i have no idea what i was saying she no was idea. trying to play telephone by herself nobody <laughs> else was because playing it's my favorite game but she would whisper things hoping the rest would announce things <laughs> So apparently she whispered to Allison that Zach Bagans, Robert the doll and Peggy the doll all hate me. (laughs) Why would you say that? I like that that's my subconscious. I haven't even done anything mean. My subconscious thoughts are like, let's bully you. If drunk words are sober thoughts, you have some weird ass thoughts. Well, also surprised. So then at the end, like everyone else was done eating cake and I was like, all right, free for all. Like I'm going to eat the shit out of this cake. Oh my. And I started like digging in and I guess Christine without saying anything, (laughs) like no didn't say like oh you're done with that she picked it up as i have like my fork in the cake she picks it up and she's like blaze what are we gonna do with this cake and she's holding it and swaying and she flips the whole cake upside down right onto me it was 
that part I do remember. I suddenly sobered up real quick. Because I remember I just looked at it and I was like, that should be in my fucking mouth and it's in my lap. Do you lap. know why I remember? Because your eyes. When I pulled the cake <laughs> away from your fork, your eyes darkened to a point that I had never seen in my life. And I remember Don't the fear. fuck with my food. The fear just, and then, so of course I wobbled and then, oh dear. It, the whole thing. Imagine one, like, sheet cream. cake oh. of, of Carvel ice cream oh, cake. Oh no. And like, it's half eaten, mostly by me. And I'm, not done and my fork is in there she rips it away while the fork is in the for cake for no goddamn reason for no reason just to hold it and then flipped <laughs> it upside down and then i just and then she tried to pick it up but she forgot that it's literally just sitting on a cardboard slat so she tried to pick oh, it yeah, up I by literally it. just picking up the cardboard part <laughs> and throwing that away and now there's just all this cake on a table that i can't eat anymore and then i was like you can still eat it and you're like i'm not eating that i, was like, I don't want any part of that anymore christine um so anyway. and i had just by the way i just cleaned her entire house and then she threw an entire fucking cake across the kitchen yeah so place is 30 now <laughs> welcome to this life welcome to this life thank you em for being the best party take me out party okay. guest ever anyway uh i also wanted to announce that i it's this has been driving me crazy i pronounced sisyphean wrong i'm sorry i'm really upset about it it's sisyphean. sisyphean not sisyphusian or whatever the fuck i was saying i like your way better thank you it's a lot more syllables she sells seashells down by sisyphusian. the seashore sisyphusian. sisyphusian so sisyphean is the right word i'm sorry about that uh nobody even corrected me unless eva just really she probably shields me from that good uh, for she her. knows i'm a little baby uh also our patron of the week is devin garcia who thank has you, also been a patron for a really long time wow so bless you, you devin sorry uh, one other note, San Antonio, we're coming to you soon, and you're the only show in January that hasn't sold out. So come please on. Please sell out. Please, please, please. please. We please. would love to sell out the first month. We'd love to sell out the whole show, but let's be realistic. Let's sell out the whole month at least. Can you, guys, can you just pretend like it's like that thing that you have with Austin, Texas, where you compare tacos? Can you find, like, whoever your rival is, pretend we that they already bought out all of our That's tickets. That's what I'm saying. Austin bought all the tickets, and oh, they have a right. rivalry about tacos, so can you pretend, oh, can you play that? into the buying the tickets listen yeah please please buy tickets makes sense in my head but it would make us it would make us feel very sold out better sold out whoever has a sold out show has a better tacos let's put it that way okay there you go so buy tickets um a couple a lot of shows still have tickets so please buy them and Um, thank you to the people who've already bought tickets we're excited to see you yes thank you for the people who already bought people i burped i tried to cover it up it didn't work also because people won't stop tagging me in this that came out wrong i didn't mean it to sound so aggressive uh but it's it's uh people keep tagging me in the um don't fuck with cats thing oh i'm not watching it she I'm won't never watching it uh, she won't i won't even read i about watched it. it if people are trying to if people are wondering i watched it and then i even told christine i was like i didn't know by the way it was about luca magnata i just i saw the trailer when i was like on netflix and i started playing and i was like oh that looks like pretty like something i watch and then I texted Christine. And I was like, "Hey, it's about cats and it's true crime. So if you want to watch it," and she was like, like "No, it's about any idea what you're saying to me she was right about, now. It's about Luca Magnot. I'm not going to watch and that." I'm like, and I was do like, you think even oh. I want anything to do with this nonsense? And then I will were- say, it was a it was a good it was a good documentary, but like, it's definitely something you wouldn't watch. Um, I can't even bear the thought of you killing Skylar. Like, I can't. <laughs> even my you certainly would stop me that's let's for just sure. say it's about animal cruelty partially and it's about luca yeah. magnata and that story was hard enough to tell now that i have a cat i don't even want to parts of it were really disturbing um yeah i can't even but it was it was a really well done documentary like i feel like i learned a whole lot about that whole case yeah i mean so. i heard it's very good but there were some people who were writing me saying mm. it's really good but i've been sobbing for hours i'm like okay no i don't want that nope i'm this not this is not me convincing you. i'm just saying out loud for other people who are wondering the the it doesn't show the actual like the acts but it shows like the first like three seconds of nope. a clip before anything nope. happens so. like even 
thinking about it makes my stomach hurt. Yeah, that's oh, why I never recommended it to you after yeah, I knew. I what appreciate it was. that. And sorry, guys. I know that like everyone wanted me to watch it. I, I'll watch pretty much any crime documentary out there, and I have. But that one I can't do. I can't do the animal cruelty stuff or like severe torture stuff. Uh uh-uh. uh. I think I actually watched it on my way to Virginia. Yeah, you were texting me after you left. Yeah. yeah, that was a good documentary. Anyway, so, so that's all I have. So uh, how you doing? You ready to I'm good. spook uh, me? This is one of those things where I hope you have a long drive because my story's long and I'm sorry. Yay. Um, let me see. The first one actually isn't that bad. The, sec- uh, the second one is. So this, this week, you guys are kind of off the hook. It's shorter than next week, but next week's going to be a little long. Sorry. Ooh. Um, so I'm doing a two-parter. So don't go on your road trip until next week. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm doing, stay put. I'm doing a two-parter this time around. So this is part one. Next oh week will God. be part two. Oh, okay. I get it. I was like, how do you already know your next week's story? Because I I prepared. I did two episodes. Shopping for humans is hard, but shopping for your dog is easy thanks to Bark. Every month, they deliver toys and treats just for your pup because they deserve to be spoiled. At Bark, they send your dog a whole new collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's their fun plush toys from BarkBox or their ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, they give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, they'll double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash drink. That's right. You can sign up now at BarkBox.com slash drink for this exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's go back to petting our dogs. Daylight saving time is starting up again. It may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates any sooner. There's only one way to do that. ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So um, this story, let me tell you what's going on here. Because the 1920s uh or 100 years ago everyone's freaking out or at least they were when new year happened everyone was like we have to dress like we're for the roaring 20s and stuff we probably all forgot but okay well that's what happened uh so since it was like the 20s i was like oh maybe i'll do a story from the 1920s because fun i wanted to keep in theme i was trying to be aesthetically pleasing i love when we do themes that we don't tell each other about so that only one of us does the theme yes it's always really good that way so anyway i was trying to think like what are big things that happened in the paranormal world in the 1920s and so i decided that i'm going the original thought was oh i will talk about spiritualism from the 1920s because that was when like yes the ouija board and seances were like at the peak of their like oh yeah parlor the games and stuff were wild folks so i started getting into spiritualism in the 1920s that was a large pill to swallow i imagine so i imagine i ended up reading a lot and then i ended up finding out like it sounds like a fever dream but i found a story that really just like hits every part of our show what like it has a i ha- i don't know how i've never heard of this and i'm sure someone out there is like how the fuck didn't you know about this and you might also say that but i i doubt it i found out that through spiritualism oh there were a lot of there were a lot of famous people who were also spiritualists at the time um and one of them at one point was houdini harry oh. houdini 
Did you know about this? About, yes. <laughs> this, about what? Do you know what story I'm going to tell? Yes. Which one? The one where he died and then he wanted, or he died and he wanted them to contact him after his death or whatever the fuck. No. Oh. Well, I will talk about his death, but that's not it. So apparently Houdini at one point, who, if you don't know, was a, like the Maybe world's most know. famous I mean, magician. I, yeah. He, he was- apparently, while in the middle of his magic act in the 1920s, he actually canceled his tour to start a second job as professionally going undercover and debunking oh, yes. fraud mediums. And then that's why he was like, when I die, try and contact me and it didn't fucking work. Or so. His wife tried to, oh, sorry, his wife tried to contact him. I don't we'll know. It doesn't it. matter. We'll but, learn okay, about it. Okay, you tell him the story. I'm sorry. I don't mean it. So anyway, I didn't know that there was a magician who literally, like... Hell yeah. Like, went on a spree a trying to expose mediums. Well, it's like Penn and Teller. I did not they know any of this. They do the same thing, I guess. So, here is my attempt. And then, I'll, you'll... you'll Wait, I, I'm amped about this. Okay, good. Because I don't know where I'm starting. I also don't really know the story. I just, like, know of the fact. I had no fucking clue. I was like, how did I not know that, like, the world's most just, famous magician also, was like, a huge was in the paranormal world? Yeah, he was, like, a huge, like, skeptic in the... in the Yeah. Well, you're about to tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Let's just talk about it in 10 different ways roundaboutly without telling the story. And Let's then just that. close your computer and I'll go. The end. Yay. And that's why we drink. Um, okay, so I'm just going to start... I'm with like a quick little blurb about spiritualism. That way I can say that I still covered it. Um, (laughs) Remember that time I covered it for four seconds? Well, I am going to, I'll say that I'm going to talk about a quick little blurb about spiritualism in the 1920s, but like I will at some point probably also cover spiritualism when it first really started in like the 1840s. I'm just teasing you. Um, Just because that also had its own slew of stories, but we're sticking with the 1920s on principle because it's now 2020. You're starting off strong here well it'll be a, a steep decline don't worry okay. so um yeah because mine's after you. so spiritualism peaked from like i said the 1840s to the 1920s um around then there was eight million followers in the u.s and europe mostly were uh middle upper class women or socialists or those that were uh advocating for social reform or were against organized religion so it was pretty much uh a bunch of progressives out there that were like, we really need to stick together and find our community. And it Women. usually ended up being spiritualists. Right. Um, they believed that uh, contact with spirits was possible and that spirits are on a higher plane, a.k.a. they can answer questions for us from the beyond. And of several other things, but that's the the leading theme through this. Sure. Um, there were some really famous people who also got involved and converted to spiritualism, especially um, like Charles Dickens and Marie Curie. And a fun fact, one of the people who did a lot of uh, writings or um, contributed a lot of things to spiritualism, his name was Frank Mesmer, and he Mm -hmm. was the one that developed hypnotism, Mm -hmm. which is inducing trances to speak with spirits. And that is where we get the phrase mesmerizing. Yay. You're saying a lot of things like your brain is not blown, but every bullet I went through, I was like, what? I feel like I've either watched a documentary or maybe Astonishing Legends or something, because like this is like i i like vaguely know this knowledge. every single thing i read i was a changed person i was blown away wow. at every turn i was like wow I that think, makes so much I sense think maybe you know how i go through phases i think one of my phases was this and i think specifically houdini in 1923 well, <laughs> but the whole spiritualism like debunking the all the i don't know i hope someone because, else out there is mind blown because i was freaking out well but do you remember that story i did um of the family who would say they were spiritualists and mm-hmm. then they would fucking murder people. Yes. And so there was like all sorts of weird stuff I've stu- like quote unquote studied. I've researched like our <laughs> studied it. Yeah. Around. Cause clearly I know it really well, but <laughs> around that topic, like I feel like I had murderers from that time I gotcha. and it all 
boils into well let me know when i blow your mind because i need i need i need you're gonna blow my mind don't I, worry i'm okay. sorry i'm sorry i don't let me know what happens i'm not trying to be a hater no, no 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 you're not being a hater i just i really thought that i was gonna get you on some of these things but I mean, you're, you're you already d- on top of it you're so smart with your big fat brain okay oh shut up earlier today em read me a list of the most obvious things that you've never thought about and everyone i just started screaming like what like for example eeyore is the sound a donkey makes that's yeah. why it's called eeyore i mean yeah. so, so things like that you've already that's what blows my mind not this okay so tell me tell me when i really get you okay so while while spiritualism in the 1920s was still on the up and up there were organizations that were created such as and i think this was actually before the 1920s too but at this point organization organizations had been created what's wrong with me organizations <laughs> had been created such as the society of is it psychical research? Yes. Remember, because we had this whole cyclic. You said cyclical. And- yeah. I, well, now I'm freaked out that I I'm going to say the wrong thing. Psychical. Psychical like research. Psychic. And they even had their own committee called Haunted Houses. What? Does that not sound like something I want to do? Now you blew my mind. There was also the London Spiritualist Alliance, and they had a newspaper called The Light, which I would love to subscribe to now. Man. Because they have articles such as Evenings at Home in Spiritual Seance, Ghosts in Africa, chronicles of spirit photography and then there was also like a whole bunch like a whole listener stories section where people would submit their personal experiences like early podcasting it's like we are the light sure yeah we are the light sounds like a friggin uh one of your christian stories oh (laughs) by the way thank you to everyone who started watching green life i'm you're welcome by the way because you're gonna have a blast well you never mentioned oprah was involved if you had told me that i would have jumped on board much she's the executive producer and she acts in it she stars in it not stars in it she's in it a lot Wait, though but it's not fictional she's an executive producer of a show oh you said and she, she also acts in it but is it like a fictional show or like a? yeah it's fictional i thought it was a reality show no i told you it was fiction i am so confused sorry i brought this up last time i thought you meant they were all like reality shows i'm confused Never i mind. literally said it was a fiction oh my goodness so apparently spiritualism was also one of the first forms for mixed public audiences and in the UK, invitations to tea now often included a seance. What the hell, that guys? That sounds so bring fun. Bring it back. Bring it back. I would. First of all, there's nothing I love more than a good tea time. Also, nothing I love more than a good seance. You slam them together. What do you get? You get a recipe or fun. You know what tea time is, right? That's when you start golf. So you don't really love that. Tea time is also when you get together and drink tea. I know, but I feel like everyone's... my everyone, is with you today? Oh, my no, gosh. Because you're like, I love a good tea time. And I'm like, God, that's, you sound like my dad. I do love a good tea time. We had, I had tea time when I was home. It was very lovely. Uh, in the 1880s, uh, the credibility of spiritualists suffered from con artists posing as mediums, foreshadowing for the future. Dun, dun, dun. And during the 1920s, uh, there was a revival when World War I and the Spanish flu pandemic caused a rebirth because there were so many people dying oh weird so after those two things happened so many people especially women were losing their sons and husbands oh geez and they wanted some sort of closure and so uh they started bringing back seances and things like that to try to communicate one last time with their That's family really interesting okay so two of the popular parlor games of the 1920s were seances and ouija boards and uh spiritualism because it was considered uh, a mental gift or an innate gift and not based on gender anyone could communicate with spirits it interested women specifically and that they could do something <laughs> women could find they can vote but they could talk to ghosts they could literally speak to spirits but also how dare they vote how dare they have a say um so another revival after world war ii came for spiritualism and there was another rise in it but at that point instead of it being more paranormal based it was generally supernatural based so that was like the ufo phenomenon and things like that oh. so but we're focusing on after World War One. Weird. So after the 1920s, spiritualism involved 
um, this is my last little bullet about spiritualism, but after the 1920s, it broke off into kind of three different branches of practicing. There were independent practitioners. There was the spiritualist church, if you wanted a community, and there was just the general new age movement, which we probably fall into a lot. So I'm sure that's like uh, crystals and astrology. And just like being in Los Angeles. Being in Los Angeles, (laughs) eating a lot of kale. Um, And so... uh, Current spiritualism, though, does not have as much showmanship as it used to, because back then it was very, let's all have a seance and Mm. do table tipping and automatic writing. Yeah, very visual theatrics Mm -hmm. versus now it's more of a mental state of being or being a sensitive or things like that. That being said, that's all you need to know for that. that. Let's bring back the theatrics, though. Come on. I'm walking theatrics, so let's... (laughs) I, that's what I always say. Here comes my walk. Catch walk-in. me at tea time. It's going to get weird. <laughs> my walking theatrics coming, stomping on through. So I'm going to give you a quick little thing on Houdini to figure out how he blends into the spiritualism. Great. Life. So Houdini was born. I don't know how to say his name. I think it's Eric. Oh, dear. It's Hungarian. That says Eric. I mean, no, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Mm, not the way I want it to sound. Okay. Eric Weiss. And he was born in Appleton, Wisconsin in 1874. Uh, Apparently, he was already, like, they knew from birth that he was a little trickster and an illusionist. Oh, that's cute. As a kid, he would pick locks on his crib and he would make his vegetables disappear by hiding them in different magical cups and making them disappear and reappear and disappear and reappear. that's amazing. Can you imagine being that kid's parents? Like, eat your vegetables. And then you think he finally did. And then they're like, in your plants. Or like, please don't die. And then like, he's out of his crib. Like, wait, what? (laughs) We put a safety lock on that. So at one point, he, so he wanted to be a magician when he grew up. And he read a book by Jean Robert Houdin. Houdin? Houdin? Don't look at me. You're the one who says you speak French. Once upon a time. And so this, uh, I think it's Houdin. This author slash magician actually taught him some of his very first tricks. And so when he decided he was going to be a magician himself, he changed his name to Houdini, which is Houdin with an I at the end. I love that. Yeah. Does so that it, mean like Houdini's a uh, Houdin student? Or does it I just, think he was he just, just trying to, an eye on there? I think he was just trying to like do an homage to him. Aww. But maybe it means something that I don't know about. Uh, so at 19, now officially going by Houdini, uh, he performed at a school and accidentally spilled acid on a girl's dress during an act. Oh dear. And so Houdini went home and told his mom what happened. So the mom made the girl a new dress and had Houdini deliver it to her. And then that girl ended up being his wife. I was like, tell me they fell in love. (laughs) And, uh, that's a sweet story. And then quickly after that, he became famous. So poured acid on her and we fell in love. It was all she needed. That's what Blaze and I did too. Oh, it's really sweet. It sounds nicer than how you guys maybe met sometimes. Mm, probably, yeah. <laughs> I was on a Tinder date and got stood up. Aw, and you just wish acid fell acid on you. Acid is more stuff. romantic, I think. <laughs> so after his mother's death, uh, apparently they were super duper close, and that's when he started looking into spiritualists because he wanted to find a way to reach her. And at the time, he not necessarily was a believer, but he was super open-minded to it. And uh, he kept meeting spiritualists that were willing to help him, but then he could never get in contact with her or they would get in contact with her quote mm. but then they were definitely like kind of conning him for his money and he can probably tell sniff out right away yeah he's literally a, a master trickster yeah this whole thing and so he kept trying to find ways to talk to his mom and apparently this is really sad he used to go to her graveyard or to her gravesite after every time he went to a spiritualist or a medium and he would stand at her grave and be like i haven't found you yet it really what fucking the sad fuck, dude so 
anyway, he eventually got his hopes up so many times that he was like, fuck these guys. They are not real. Like, there's no way that this is real. I've gone to enough of them that someone would have been able to help me. And eventually he decided that he he even called them. Uh, he called mediums causing, quote, victimization of the bereaved. Well, actually, like, that's a really good point. I mean, I feel like this happens a lot. I with... mean, not to say that there aren't real mediums exactly. out there, but mm, I would say a lot of them. A lot of them are phony are are just using you for your money and taking advantage of the fact that you're really sad and you just want to talk to your mom like again vulnerable people you know and it's uh, and they also give real mediums a bad name in my opinion so. yeah exactly so eventually he just got super mad and he now believed that all of their quote gifts were illusions just like the ones that he was tricking people with wow he just thought that he was at least upfront with the fact that he was tricking people you gotta give him props though because i feel like a lot of people are like that's all bullshit at least he was like, let's find out and like, yes. really tried, you know. So as a, quote, master illusionist, he took it upon himself. He was like, there is no trick I cannot do or replicate or duplicate. I am going to <sighs> figure out what the hell all these memes are doing and I'm going to expose them so nobody else gets hurt like I did. What a badass. What a badass. So he eventually became hellbent on preventing other, quote, mediums from giving people false hope and became an active debunker. And in 1923, he took time off uh, from his magic act to travel across the country and give lectures against going to mediums. Wow. So if you are a medium out there, um, I'm sorry, this is going to be <laughs> very uh, anti-medium. Have you ever seen Penn and Teller? Yes. I didn't know what it was. Like, I knew It's a great show. It was a great show, but I was I left like they're wrong and place was like they're right christine and i was like no anyway i'm sorry if i offend any mediums out here it's not me it's not you it's houdini so um <laughs> put that me, on a shirt it's you, it's houdini. Uh, it so always is in 1924 i'm going so here's the problem i had there was so much information that i'm going to tell you a part of the story and then i'm going to come back to it later well that's fun so there's this thing and then more people get introduced by once you know their backstory so we have to kind of time travel to the past again so you know how everything adds up so i'm just going to tell you this about houdini and then we're going to do a little time traveling great um so in 1924 he wrote a book called a magician among the spirits and this book uh had houdini debunking a bunch of the tricks that mediums often did so that way you could do them yourself like a diy i suppose mm. um and to expose fake psychics this is where the first part of the story comes in, because I didn't know if I wanted to give you the full title yet. But the first half of the story and the story that we're telling in this episode is about Rose Mackenberg. And Rose Mackenberg was his assistant. Oh. So this is the story of Houdini's assistant, Rose Mackenberg. I don't Mackenberg. know anything about this. Okay. So to expose fake psychics, Houdini hired a small army of undercover agents, calling what? them, quote, my own secret service. Oh, come on. So Houdini had his own secret service and these investigators would get into town a few days before Houdini's next act. And he would check out, they would check out local mediums. They would often go disguised as different types of people in the area and use false <laughs> names. Often these false names were also had puns to them, such as Francis Rod, where if you spelt it out, it was F Rod. She would sign herself. in. <gasps> so she would Hells sign into yeah. the medium appointment as fraud this is the if i i was gonna say this someone should make a movie i'm sure there is a movie okay right? i'm so glad you said this because one there isn't a movie but two <gasps> hang on 
Hang on. I had the most ingenious idea where if anyone knows Lin-Manuel Miranda, I yeah. need him to hear this exact sentence my from me. My brother, my brother me knows him. So can we somehow... We somehow bring them in the loop. Podcast connect, please. So the way that Hamilton happened is he became obsessed with the story of Hamilton right. and wrote a Broadway about this. How is there not a Houdini exposing mediums in the paranormal Broadway? Like, how is there not a Hamilton version of Houdini? Called Houdini. Called Houdini. Or what's, or, what's the thing he called? You call it Hellbent Houdini. Hellbent. Or... or apparently one of the nicknames that his undercover agents went by was spook spies <laughs> Sorry. and i don't know lin-manuel miranda where are like you the children's version this sounds like an award-winning show what about f rod i don't even want the rights you can take all the money lin no no, I no, just... no, 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 no. i want the okay lin we'll split it but if there's a if there is a broadway musical one day about houdini exposing think, mediums in the 1920s i just wanted to be out there like tmtm i at least have the idea yeah lynn uh honest to god i think you'd be, be genius you'd be perfect for this think of the special effects on stage get also, out also just side note i just watched the fiddler on the roof documentary on the plane because this is what i do great instead of don't fuck with cats uh, about murders i watch uh, fiddler on the roof but lynn was in it and uh it was really a beautiful story and i loved it so um this is a delightful man. I just think he's a delightful man. Someone get this get this sent over that way. Please. It would be bananas. Think of the magic trick. It would you'd be going to a magic show and a paranormal show and a Broadway show all in one. But like for skeptics too. I can't right? I can't breathe. This yeah. is such a good idea. Okay, okay. Don't Eva cut all this out so no one steals it. <laughs> okay, so uh so they would go disguised as different types of people and use false names such as F dot rod. I love when that. they would sign in. And many of these mediums claims to, uh, so for example, many of the mediums that they went to would be speaking to these undercover spies, thinking that they're like bereaved mothers or someone who just lost their husband. I see. And the mediums would give them all of these, they'd be like, oh, I'm making contact with your mm. husband. And, but like that person in real life, like never once right. was married, is single. So, like, they had this whole list of things that mediums were saying to them that was just not accurate. Right. And Houdini's investigators would write detailed notes to debrief him when he got into town for his next show. This is so cool. So that way, when he got into the into town for that show, he would then go on stage and debunk the local mediums in front of everyone. So he would literally... To be fair, they... F I'm sorry. I think I know, they fucking I know, I know. deserve it. They literally took so much money from all these people who were like, I miss my son, my dead son. I mean, right. come on. So he would always say... So he would literally go on stage and in the middle of his magic act, he would have a specific portion of his act where all he did was the same tricks that mediums did. And he would say, oh, if you like these tricks, you can go to this person down the street Ooh. and that person down the street. They all do it because that's, they're fake. Yeah, that's a little cringeworthy. I hope he locked his doors at night. They were probably out to get him. So apparently he always carried a gun on him because oh so many spiritualists who were on obviously on the side of mediums and didn't believe that any of them sure. were frauds. They all actively threatened him regularly. And he almost actually he didn't ever buy any of his investigators guns but he suggested all of his undercover Jesus. secret service carry a gun on them um also guys this has just become also a crime drama so can we just right. talk about how this is covering your as right. far as i know he never used the gun but he was always nervous because so many people were threatening to kill him because he was this is a wild ride it's a roller coaster i mean you were not kidding this touches on every part of our show that's why like there, this is a two-parter okay yeah. so okay. uh he always announced also like he knew that he was pissing people off, obviously, because whether or not there were mediums in the audience or believers in the audience, he would always at the end of that act or at the end of that bit in his act, he would always announce that if the mediums wanted him to stop, then he would pay them $10,000 to do anything that he could not duplicate. 
Like, like prove me wrong and I'll stop. Oh my God. Wow. Some sources said $5,000. Some said 10, but I think 10 is a little more dramatic. So I like it. So Lynn, write down 10. I think that's a good one. Lynn, 10 rhymes with more things, I think. So (laughs) if you were thinking about like rapping a song about who you You know, and you were right. I know you were. I can feel it. I can feel it. Wherever you are in the world right now, your ears are tingling. tingling. Okay. So sometimes Houdini actually came to the seances himself, also in disguise, and then halfway through, he would reveal himself and expose the medium to her face. Now, that is a scene I want to watch. You know what would have been fun, though, is if he decided he was also going to do some spooky allusions to her, like to like the medium. <gasps> and trick them into thinking that he's... There's a, or make them think that there's really a ghost because it's exactly. something they're not doing. And she's like, wait a second. Yeah, like, yeah, oh my yeah, God, yeah. like, that's actually not supposed to happen. Like, oh shit, yeah, I totally... Oh, uh, oh that's fun. So sometimes, uh, oh yeah, Houdini would go to the seances. So the leader of his team, because he had this whole little secret service team. Sure. By the way, most of them were women. And he, I mean, to be fair, I think that it was easier for women to probably fake, uh, to like. They probably were the most clientele. The most yeah, clientele exactly. They're probably like the right demographic anyway. But in the 1920s, he happily hired women to give them a job because it was so hard for women to find jobs. I think, and carry a gun. Now that's fun. I want to be in this play. I just decided in this musical. Lynn, you listening? I can't sing. I want to be Houdini. Can I? No, oh. that's Lynn's job. Oh, right. However, I can't sing, but I don't think that's a problem. <laughs> I'll be one of the ghosts. I'll be like the fake ghost you like have on pulleys. Yeah, 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 yeah. You pull Emma across stage. I'll rap. <laughs> Lynn suddenly out. Okay, he was never in. Lynn, but now Lynn he's opened out. the box of possibility and then slammed it shut and padlocked and it and threw it into the trash can. So uh, the leader of his team was Rose Mackenberg, who, by the way, in the beginning also believed in psychics and fortune tellers and mediums. Uh, so in the 1920s, she was working on an investment case. She did like a uh, like financial fraud. That's what she worked in. And she was working on an investment case where a psychic had given bad advice to someone on their money matters. Okay. And so she knew that a psychic was involved, had given false information, and then caused this whole financial problem. So she reached out to Houdini. I don't know how easy it was to just like fucking tweet at someone in the 1920s, but she got a hold of Houdini and uh, she, and was like, I need help. I don't know anything about mediums. Can you help expose like what tricks she used? So I know how to help this case. So after getting to know each other, Houdini liked her so much that he hired her for his undercover team because he taught her all the little tricks of the trade. What a badass. So she claims to have over in the course of her time with Houdini, um, she claims to have investigated over a thousand mediums. Wow. I think in the first two years, she investigated like 300 and then at least by now, uh, she has investigated over a thousand and every one of them she says was a fraud. Wow. Um, she has been known to say, quote, I can smell a rat before I can smell the incense. That is a H- Hamilton. Listen, this Hamilton. Is that's t-shirt. that's that's like the I'm not throwing away my shot line right there. Like, that's like even? intermission. That's like the CD that on uh, the track on the CD that in the car. I just like keep like, rewinding. Look, they're, like it's like the Skylar sisters, but they're like a band of like medium exposers. Okay. Like my Skylar or like, no, not your Skylar, okay, the spider. Sorry. No, no, I was got a I different really, Skylar. I thought maybe we, now you were finally coming around. To There's a lot of weird full circles happening here. So, uh, <laughs> yes, well, yeah. So, uh, Rose Mackenberg, she had investigated, uh, so many cases for houdini and she had gone to so many spiritualist retreats and churches getting information that she actually got the nickname through this little group as the rev oh. because she had been known to have been 
like been awarded so many spiritualist titles and degrees with all of the people that she had met that they were like, oh, you must be the Rev. So in 1925, one of the cases she actually covered was she was investigating a medium named Charles Gonzalez, and he claimed to be like one of the greatest spiritualists on earth. Mm. Um, And she disguised herself as a mom who lost her baby and wanted to make contact with the baby. So Charles said that he was like, oh, I'll, I'll help. And so he said, "Okay, I'm channeling an 800 year old Hindu guide. And for twenty five dollars, if you would like to also be able to channel the eight hundred year old Hindu guide, what I can teach you how to look into water and see the dead for twenty five dollars. That sounds like a good deal to me. Well, in nineteen twenties, I don't know about that. Uh, also, I don't really want to see the dead, so never mind. Charles also said that the experience would work better for her if she took her clothes off. So. Uh, what? So that's what she said, and then she walked away, told Houdini what happened. And since he was coming to town in a couple days he for his, his show, he took his clothes off and was like, I'm ready. He got naked. <laughs> and that was the magic we all wanted. Uh, yeah. Um, so he knew like, well, okay, well, I'm going to be in town anyway. Like, I'll figure out what, like where this guy's going. Apparently Charles Gonzalez was actually going to Houdini's show <gasps> and Houdini found out about that. So when he got on stage to debunk all the mediums in the area, he singled out Charles Gonzalez and told everyone what he had said to her behind closed doors. Cringe, cringe, cringe. But also, like, of all people to fucking call out in public, the guy who told yeah. a woman to take off her clothes so that she could see her dead son. Yeah. Fuck off. Exactly. So Houdini handled it, and apparently he got... He was in the audience, and he ran out because he was getting booed so heavily by everyone. <sighs> Finally. So thank you, Houdini, for being an ally to women. Seriously. Um, another case that Rose was on top of was in 1926 when apparently Houdini had actually urged Congress to pass a bill to make fortune telling illegal in DC. <laughs> doesn't this sound like a fever dream? Yes. This uh, I'm like, I'm sorry. No, Houdini is at Congress and he's trying to like stop the paranormal spirits. Like, were you, it's, were you the one who taught me about Abraham Lincoln's wife and how she had? The, yes. Yeah. In the 1920s or I don't know if that, was in, no. that wasn't in the 1920s no, at all. No. But one of the early... And I think of the first wave of spiritualism. It was, yeah. And was she, it Mary Todd Lincoln? Was that her name? Yes. And she, she was huge on that because their son had died. And so when Lincoln was in oh, office, there was. was a lot of and seances. So she kind of fell into it and like hired someone to live there and stuff, yep. right? Yeah. Or like an in-house seance Yikes. orchestrator. And it was really sad. And during this Congress, by the way, it was House Resolution, I think, 8989, if you're looking at the bill. 6969? 8989. But close. Houdini was the star witness, and he obviously supported the bill because they were trying to make fortune telling illegal. And Rose also testified and told how she, before they ever went to this committee meeting or this hearing, she came in a few days early, like she normally does, and she went undercover and talked to local DC mediums. And one of the more famous DC mediums at the time, her name was Jane Coates. And Jane had Rose as a client and didn't know that it was Rose, thought it was someone else, and told her that the bill would never pass and she wasn't worried about the hearing coming up in a few days because at least four of the senators there were her clients. And so <gasps> she was outing the fact that people were trying to Whoa. pass a bill, but behind closed doors they were supporting mediums because what they were going to them. The fuck? Jane also said it wouldn't pass because, quote, seances are held at the White House with President Coolidge. So, so she, the White House has always just fucking had seances, I guess. So Lincoln was big on that, and I guess wow. the tradition carried out. But at the time, at this time, Coolidge was in uh, the office, was in office, in the office, just hanging out. And uh, <laughs> but apparently, like that was very hush hush, like nobody knew about that. So she ended up like outing mm. President Coolidge as using seances to like and like talking to mediums for like political decisions, gain, quote unquote. So. That ended up helping Houdini for a second because the whole argument was like, well, 
people can't just think this isn't a big deal and people are just using mediums for fun but like clearly yeah. politicians are making like our national decisions of our off nation. of this stuff right like this these are our government is handling really serious matters with séances to be and, fair that does explain a lot mm-hmm. just saying but so it ended up like damning the government and president coolidge got kind of dragged through the mud and so houdini ended up having to make like a public apology to president coolidge whoa whoa that, when this I was does sound like a fever dream. I was trying to explain it. I had I was hanging out with a friend last night and I tried explaining it to her and I was like, so Houdini publicly apologizes to President Coolidge for using a medium. I was like, I don't know how to explain this to you. Yeah, let's yeah. So sorry, let's stop shop talk. And uh, like there was like heavy press on this. Like the New York Times was covering this like crazy. They there was a quote that today's session was unusually disorderly and came near winding up for a free for all fist fight because all these politicians were like ha- now having to defend themselves and they felt back into a corner that they got called out for using mediums holy shit everyone was in denial that they believed in this stuff and they were for the bill but then they were also like there was proof that they anyway it got very messy so eventually congress declined to outlaw fortune telling uh, because it was part of a religious practice so they were able to kind of scathe that seems to be about right um prior to his death which i will get to i'm not just scanning over that prior to his death houdini had actually I said, like, you know what? I am still open-minded to the thought that there could be a spiritualist out there or, like, a, a real medium out there. I just haven't met them. Okay, well, and, that's an interesting uh, twist. Yeah, and he had actually set up 20 different codes with 20 different friends. So if he came back from the dead... That's what it was, right. Sorry. There would be at least multiple different ways that they could prove this. I think, well, no, no. It's gonna be quiet. <clears throat> I'm not trying to guess what happens in your story, so I'm gonna be quiet. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, so he ended up giving out multiple codes to different people, and so someone would be able to make contact with him if he died. Uh, just so we know, in 1945, Rose had actually come up, come forward with an update saying that the message had not gone through yet because she was one of the people who got a code from him, and she had not been able to make contact. That's amazing. I mean, that's really incredible, though. We should come up with some codes. I guess we have enough. Just like, hello, fresh. fresh. That's it. Yeah, for sure. Um, after his death, Rose continued investigating mediums for another 20 years and gave lectures on psychic fraud around the country. And she actually helped the Chicago Tribune in exposés on spiritualism called Spook Spies. Spook and Spies. those articles were featured in magazines such as Look, Popular Science, Saturday Evening Post, all that good stuff. Delight. She was also in national magazines, on TV, and she testified in more court cases in the future. And she warns that uh, for the future public, she warns that any time a country is at war, the belief in spiritualism will rise because more frauds will come out to trick us. Wow. Or since spiritualism will be on the rise because people will want to make contact with people sure. who passed on, more frauds are going to come out of the woodwork. So always be careful. Man, that's oh, it's alarming. Fun fact, she lived at 310 West 24th Street in Manhattan until she died. I think she died in 1968. And uh, for her whole time after she retired, she always slept with the lights on because after years of seances, quote, I got tired of dark rooms. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whoa. What a weird. What a weird way to end fun that fact. on Rose. So uh, I also do want to mention uh, Houdini's death a little bit. I'm not going to talk specifically about how he died yet because I'll bring that up next week. But after his death, because he'd given so many people specific codes for when he died, you know, what might happen or who. Yeah they should expect a certain thing for him to say during a seance and after his death his wife bess offered ten thousand dollars to anyone who could help her contact her husband that's the one i sorry 
1928, Arthur Ford announced that he had received a message from Houdini or his mom, depending on the source that I was reading. It was like Houdini or Houdini's mom finally came. Oh, got it. And Bess asked for a seance, was like, okay, well, if you say that you found him, like, let's check this out and, and I'll pay you 10 grand. The wife, right? The wife. So Bess uh, would know if there was a real, if it was sure. a real seance or not, because Houdini had already told her the phrase before he died. So Bess met with Arthur and a group of spiritualists. And during the seance, Houdini allegedly came forward and Houdini said to Bess, quote, Rosabelle, answer, tell, pray, answer, look, tell, answer, answer, tell. And everyone was like, what the fuck is going on here? I have goose cam and I don't even know what that means. <clears throat> so Bess took off her wedding ring and showed the engraved <gasps> lyrics Stop it. in the ring that said, Rosabelle, sweet Rosabelle, I love you more than I can tell. Over me, you cast a spell. I love you, my sweet Rosabelle. And Bess even... So that apparently that was a song that they used to sing together on stage. I am fucking shook, dude. And that was their code, apparently. She agreed. She's like, that was the code. Those words specifically were I'm the code. like mega goose cam right now. In the right order and everything. That, that was, was this actual code. That was the code. Holy shit. And apparently she had been told by Houdini, if that ever comes through in a seance, it means believe. I am losing my mind. Okay. So Bess even signed a, like a sworn statement affirming that the, the seance was successful and legitimate. And this gave spiritualists reason to freak the fuck out. They were like, the one man who is always a non-believer has confirmed an afterlife for us. And unfortunately, years later, Bess had to retract the statement because she found out that their code phrase had actually been leaked in a 1927 biography. Like somebody must have found it. I knew it was too good to be true. Damn it. So after that, she officially was like, fuck that. She told all of her friends. That makes if, it so much worse. Yeah. What a slimy bastard. She told all of her friends, when I die, don't even come looking for me. If someone tells you they made contact with me in the afterlife, they're lying to you. I will not return. So she was like, fuck that. I'm wow. going to go be with Houdini. Like, we're not coming back here <laughs> ever again. So uh, for the next few years after that, though, she would still regularly hold a, a Halloween seance right. just to see if they could bring him back. Just I mean, I don't think she ever expected anything, but it was Halloween and Halloween was the day he died. Um, oh. And so they were like, let's just see if anything comes out. If not, then we'll have fun. It's probably also a nice homage to all his times. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. So her last seance, though, where she tried to make contact with him was in 1936. Apparently, it was covered with press. It was broadcast everywhere because she really this time was like, I'm going to find Houdini. This is my one last shot. If I don't find him, then then that's it. I'm not going to try again. Yeah. And Houdini never showed. And so when she gave up, apparently a huge storm broke out that night only over the house. Whoa. Like only in that area of town and nowhere else. But it was like super rain, super lightning, super thunder. Apparently, just over them was a massive rain cloud, and that was the night that she gave up and never tried to make contact with with him again. And when they've asked her why she has not tried to reach out since, she said, quote, because 10 years is long enough to wait for any man. <laughs> and that's the story of, I don't know, Houdini kind of. I am... Like, I want to cry, but I don't know why. And I have goose cam, but like also. But also what a strong, like, badass woman and of I, like, I've waited a goddamn decade for him. And I want to rap about it, too. I listen. the strangest feeling I've ever felt. So that's supposed to be about Rose Mackenberg, but it, I now realize that I only talked about her for a chunk of that. Think so about it. Rose Mack. That's me. Rose, it was, Mac. let's just call it Houdini Part One. Wow. Let's just, Woo. for Eva to title this, Houdini Part One. 
The end. Eva does not title it with things that make sense. Remember that, right? Okay, title this like Lynn Lynn Manuel Miranda's next big break. (laughs) We have the secret to your next big success (laughs) because you need it from a podcast, I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure you can't come up with one on your own. Oh my god. All right. Anyway, the end. Um, I am like you'll get more of that next week. Stunned. And before you told me... Is that what you knew? Is that the stuff you knew? Yeah. Well, no. I mean, I knew that she had tried to contact him over and over and it never worked. Um, But that's all I knew. Like, I knew that he had told her... I didn't know about all the secret people, but I knew that he had told her a code and that he said, if you ever hear this code, it's me. And then I I think I knew she didn't hadn't heard I mean, it. So when you said it, I was like, I want to believe it so bad. I mean, like, Houdini had an undercover army of people exposing mediums he ended up going to congress and publicly apologizing to president coolidge because it got too out of hand hey lynn there's presidents does that make you feel a little more comfortable you could talk about you could talk about coolidge you didn't get to mention him last time does hamilton did did hamilton ever have a a seance i don't know maybe i not that i know i have i've watched the play and that's about as much as i know like soft pitch a uh we could imagine coolidge wait a minute wait a minute lynn are you listening there we'll do us like it this is just inspired uh-huh. you're you're it, this is just going to be an inspiration it's not based on the story just inspo what if coolidge has houdini do a seance with him and they bring back hamilton hey okay wow wait a minute Whoa. okay dun 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 okay. dun 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 and then m gets pulled across the with a big fat cane i just get dragged away like oh, vaudeville yep vaudeville indeed and, anyway and okay then, yeah and then i'm just there because said force my way in okay all right um, and then also skylar makes an appearance well, apparently. skylar's obviously there too okay um that's our spider Lynn. it won't be the skylar sisters but we'll find two female spiders with skylar and it'll be skylar's sisters yeah it'll be a knockoff like everything's gonna be a knockoff it's just like the 99 cent store version of hamilton <laughs> moving but, on but so much better <laughs> no <laughs> 99 cents but worth a million dollars we have a whole million lynn i bet you've never seen that money in your life million dollars <laughs> i bet we've piqued your interest now i don't know why but i can already tell this is one of my favorite episodes this we've ever done such trash <laughs> i feel like um, before we recorded this episode we literally spoke to a spider non-ironically not with any sort of like humor just like talk to i don't the know spider. what's going on with me i'm in a good mood i'm pretty sure i have a carbon monoxide leak uh <laughs> and if that's the case i'm pretty sure it seems to be doing okay for us uh, look i'm gonna ride this wave whatever's going on let it let it continue holy smokes and to think that i thought not drinking was fun what is your story okay um, good luck see. by the way thanks i don't even remember what my fucking story is anymore i think i don't even need to tell it Uh, i just want to kind of rehash what we just went over by now you've probably heard about burrow a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs durable materials and details that make life in your space easier last year they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line which i love and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection for example dunes offers seating dining and lounger options while scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric and i think i'm gonna get two of those for the balcony blaze and i love to sit out there in the evenings after leona goes to bed and i 
love the idea of having a good looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick dry stain resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly, this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space. They also just launched a new standing desk, co-pilot with adjustable height, a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever. I'm in the market for a new desk, um, so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark. And of course, there's Burroughs Legacy seating collections like the Nomad and Range, now available in new colors. And Em and I, that's like the only piece of furniture I think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department. Love that thing. And that's why we drink listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink. You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind, especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things, but Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code drink um okay so now this is kind of a weird thing that happened uh so last week remember i did uh the story of god sorry i'm using uh the zach bagan's manual as a um a coaster sounds right and a talisman and a bunch of other things but primarily a coaster and a mouse pad um so remember how i covered that story that i had found in the in the um list first article about strange coincidences and it was the two mary morrises who were murdered yes and i do man. know this one they think it was a hitman it doesn't happen often but i do know what you're talking about <laughs> right? it's amazing <laughs> we that, found one and also we haven't recorded in that that we recorded that like a month ago so it, i'm very proud of you my memory doesn't usually go back that far <laughs> uh but don't worry we're really good at memorizing lines so <laughs> yes. if you need us for that um, we're very good at rapping about president coolidge kind of rapping you wouldn't believe it but it's true uh okay so anyway i when i was writing those notes i looked in our inbox like in our main inbox i typed in mary morris because i was thinking a lot of times if i do cover a story i check our inbox to see like some people will write in like that's my uncle or you know this murderer and so it's like <laughs> yay you know or like you know i have a connection to the case and so sometimes <clears throat> i want to see if anyone has written in or suggested or whatever so i typed in mary morris and actually part of it was that i thought i'd covered it before which Got remember it. last week I was, or last time I was freaking out like have I done this maybe it might be the t- finally the time yes I had but I was searching our inbox and I came across this email from uh, Paige 
And first of all, just most importantly, Paige sent a picture of these magnets that she had made on Shutterfly. Okay, I've been looking at those on your computer this whole time, and I did not know what I was looking at. It looks like it looks like it's part of a Marvel thing. It well, one says Andrew, Andrew, Jesus, what's wrong with me? Is it Andrew, Andrew Basiago for president? Ugh, yes. with yeah, and one says, uh, "Love your hair, hate your guts." Wow, I'm a button right next. Is that a button? Uh, it's a magnet. A magnet. I'm a magnet right next to Andrew Basiago. That's super dope for president for prez. Uh, and then this one says, "Resident fuckboy of the Virgo supercluster." Is that a thing? I don't know. That sounds like it sounds pretty. That's what they call me. Sounds pretty so. cool. Um, I think that's what they call, they call me. I'm pretty sure. Also, but no. Uh, so from zoomed <laughs> out, it looks like a magical superhero belt. So that's what I've been oh. thinking was going to happen this whole wow. time. Well, maybe we can go with that. Instead, I'm just a, a fuck bo- an astro- astrological fuckboy. Apparently, I think you can make those on Shutterfly super superhero belt. I thought you meant an astrological fuckboy. You can make those on Shutterfly. <laughs> yeah, it's easy. Just like quick formula. You just you just go on Tinder. You find uh, thousands of them. Swipe right uh so anyway so i was like obviously immediately intrigued by these and then i thought maybe she knows mary morris nope she was talking about a different uh different morris she was talking she goes so she says oh these are my magnets also hey you should look into this unsolved triple homicide in my hometown and i was like "Mm, you have piqued my interest and this is the story of the tweed morris triple murder so okay that's how we came from morris to morris i see what's happening now and because uh a lot of people are like why don't you ever respond to my email it's because we have like tens of thousands so i promise truly this, tens of i thousands. just wanted to explain how i stumbled upon this randomly because um, she typed in a very lucky specific, combination of letters <laughs> specific story um and so here's the thing Paige literally researched the story and sent me a bunch of information on it so of huh. course i was like well that's very thoughtful and like thank you for your hard work and so this is what she wrote i have a newfound respect for christine because that shit took me literally all day yeah granted i guess it does granted i had a two-year-old interrupting me the whole time but christine has g-o-n-m so that's pretty much the same thing (laughs) can relate and then said i hope this case is interesting for you xoxo page so i was like okay and i do like also want to say i uh i don't like if I think this happened like one time before with the rabbit hole podcast sent me some information. I don't just like print out the notes and then like read them to you because <laughs> no, I she like redoes like, them. Really like feel like that is cheating. Um, but I do kind of use it as like its own article almost. And then like find a bunch of my own shit and YouTube and stuff. And then kind of like make like mega notes, you know, I hear you. But as I was right, I was like voice to texting this because you taught me about that now we're both grandpas mm-hmm. and i typed in mega notes and it changed it to megan notes so i don't know how to feel about that i know how i feel about it <laughs> not great uh anyway so that page that being said page uh was extremely thorough to the point that she used 10 sources and then i looked up all the sources those were like the 10 sources on this story oh, wow look this at is, you like not a well-covered story at all wow thank you page i know and so it's kind of cool because i love like the smaller cases that nobody has ever heard of so there were no podcasts on this there was no youtube on this like there was nothing so page had already used a lot of the information online um so anyway i, I found a Kate, few things page. to add Kate. but here's the thing you're a treasure page thank you for your help for bringing this story to light it is fascinating and i'm going to tell it to you now so this story takes place in east liverpool ohio mm. in the 1970s is that near you is uh, that near cincinnati no i don't believe so well i don't think so i've never heard of it okay and it, said, it said it was in a county i've also never heard of so i imagine it's probably at least several hours away but uh, then again i don't know too much about geography in general as you 
as is really shocking for you to learn, I'm sure. Oh, gosh. Maybe. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, go- oh darn. Oh, do- oh my gosh, goodness. Oh, my gosh. So East Liverpool, Ohio. Not really sure where that is, but apparently it was a quiet. Oh, you know what? I did look this up. I remember now. It was near Pittsburgh. So it was like on the eastern side of Ohio and I'm on the western side of Ohio. Uh, in the 1970s, it was a quiet riverside town and the former pottery capital of the world. I'm sure you know that. Wow. If I didn't before. <laughs> you won't uh, Shame on now. me. Shame on me. At the time, which was, so this took place in 1973, the population of the town was about 20,000. And amazingly, their Wikipedia page says nothing about this murder. Which I thought was pretty strange because well, it's still a small enough town that they knew how to cover it up. Apparently, right? I was like amazed because there's information about all their pottery, but not about their murders. The pottery must be pretty freaking good then. <laughs> Maybe it really is just so good. <laughs> it glazes over the murders. Uh, Lynn, I'm sorry. Stop listening here. Oh. I hope you stopped listening a long time ago. Uh, however, it was the final resting place of famous bank robber Pretty Boy Floyd who was taken there to be embalmed so that's my fun fact about the town interesting and pages from there so yay okay page so here's the murder okay july 30th 1973 uh, a nurse from chicago named francis dugan decides to enter the local furniture store in east liverpool to do some shopping the store was owned by a man named earl a tweed he was a 75 year old local of east liverpool who owned the furniture store it was called national furniture store and he had owned and operated it himself since 1912 and his name is Mr. Tweed, which is just like the most 75-year-old man name I've ever heard. He also owned eight or nine uh, low-rent apartments in town. He was a member of his choir and his men's Sunday school class. He earned honors in Eagle's Lodge. He belonged to Masonic Orders and the Moose Lodge. Ugh, fellow moose. Yep. Uh, anyway, he was known as like the town's like kind elderly gentleman, which is wild because that's how I want to, that's how I want to be seen before I go. Like, oh, I know. Y- I mean, we all know how I feel about nature cozy, but I really do hope <laughs> to retire in like a wonderful little mountain cabin space where like say, everyone in my community knows me as like the kind old man. I will say don't commit too soon to being this character. Maybe like d- divert now. I want to be a version of. Of what with I already diff- know and nothing else. Fate. <laughs> okay. Let's just put it that way. I want to just be known as wonderful and like an actual pillar of the community and that's it. Yikes. Careful with those words. Not a killer of the community, a pillar of the community. Uh, so Earl A. Tweed is this like kindly old man. He owns a furniture store anyway. Uh, and he he was he owned some apartments in town. And as Paige put in her notes, he was always willing to help struggling families, like with their furniture, their groceries. He even let his tenants skip rent if they needed time to catch up. Like he was what a kind man, just a really kindly gentleman. So anyway, this nurse from Chicago, Francis, enters the store to do some shopping and is immediately met with a horrible, bloody sight. Oh no. She sees the body of a young woman and a child laying on the floor of the furniture store only (gasps) 30 feet from the entrance. Oh, my God. So, obviously, she sees this. She runs out of the store. She shouts to someone across the street, call the police. Something terrible has happened. Police come quickly. And Frances waited at the store to give her statement. And for whatever goddamn reason, her husband, Daniel, had stayed in the car the whole time because his leg hurt. Okay. Well. Right? Sounds like something I would do. <laughs> it said a leg problem, but Paige said he's just an asshole. <laughs> uh, but so, like, this woman literally just said, I found this child murdered. And he's like, I'm just going to wait in the car, honey. He was like, like, I want nothing to do with that. I know. I want nothing to do with it. He's like, ah, oh, can we just go back to Chicago? You took me to this weird town <laughs> in Ohio. <laughs> I didn't ask for this. Um, so when police entered the store, they see the bodies of Linda Morris, age 22, and her daughter, Angela Lynn Morris, only age four. 
They had been beaten to death and were bloodied. Linda was declared dead at the scene, but Angela was still alive and was transported to East Liverpool City Hospital, where she died from her injuries only 10 hours later. But that wasn't all they found. So about they kept wandering farther into the store. Apparently the store was like packed with furniture and antiques. It was like, um, you know, like a local yeah. antique store. Like, so you. they had to kind of go back through all the furniture. About four feet from the basement stairway in the back of the store, police found the body of Mr. Tweed mm. lying in a dim hall near the bathroom. He had been beaten and stabbed 27 times <gasps> in the chest. Oh, my God. And then nearby on his chair were some pieces of meat and bread where he was preparing his sandwich for lunch. It's just like the most fucking tragic scene to stumble upon. Uh, turns out Linda was also pregnant. Oh, no. So that makes four people involved in this mass murder. Wow. I mean, I guess it's considered a triple homicide. But she was pregnant, which just makes it sadder. Let's right. put it that way. Right. Um, so the store was a friggin mess uh police found a serrated steak knife that had been used to stab tweed oh shit yikes sorry i, I have nothing else to say except oh shit yeah I mean, i'm sorry usually, <laughs> usually that's pretty uh, accurate response for pretty appropriate response um although another source apparently says he was beaten with a hammer and then stabbed with some carpet shears that were later found in a garbage can near <gasps> the store so wow that sounds like five different horrible <laughs> ways to die all at once it's like clue oh my god it's like clue but just like it's like clue, no, but no locations, wins. just weapons. Just nobody wins. Uh, we all lose. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially him. Especially, right. Especially these people really who lost. actually died. Wow. Uh, so they also found a wrench and a claw, a literal wrench, like this fucking clue game. Okay. It is clue then. They also found a wrench and a claw hammer, which they believe were the weapons used to beat Linda and Angela to death. Shit. And they weren't, like, associated with him at all. They just happened to no, be in the same store. they just happened to be like shopping. Like, collateral damage, some yep, might say. Yep, yep, exactly. Great. They were just shopping there. Ugh. So, of course, it's a tiny town. News travels fast. Linda's mother-in-law, Letty Morris, was shopping nearby when she heard of the murders. And she actually, this is heartbreaking, she knew that Linda and her granddaughter, Angela, were going to the furniture store that day. So she hears a woman and her child have been murdered. And she's like, oh, my fucking God, they were going to the store and she's, like, desperately hoping, obviously, it's not them. So she races to the scene, is like, please tell me that's not my daughter and granddaughter. And the officer's like, well, they were wearing these clothes. And she just, like, broke down and was like, that's Linda and Angela. Oh, my gosh. And Linda was only 22, keep in mind. Shit. Like, they were very young. Linda's husband, Lou, was at work nearby starting a new job. Um, and he was also told about the deaths pretty quickly and was taken to the hospital. Um, as far as the investigation, the oh, Columbiana County is where it is. I, I maybe near Columbus? Columbiana. I don't know. <clears throat> Interesting. Uh, the Columbia County, Sh Columbiana County Sheriff and local detectives took on the case along with four men from the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigation, a.k.a. the BCI. They conducted a thorough search of the store and Dresden Avenue, which is the street it was on. They collected more than two dozen items, which were checked for fingerprints, blood analysis, hair evidence, and other clues. Um, the murder literally happened in the middle of the day in a busy area, but nobody saw anything. Like, there were no witnesses who could be like, oh, I saw hmm. a man go that way, or... Interesting. And there's no security cameras or anything? I mean, it's 1970. Oh, right, right, right. No. I keep thinking it's, like, recent. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, got it. Uh, I don't think so. Unless this was, like, the most high-tech... Unless it was, like, a spy station. Right, man. got it. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, police determined that the last person who saw Mr. Tweed alive was a man named Charles Inman, who did part-time work for him and visited him that morning, leaving around 11.30, but he didn't seem to fit the bill. There was one young boy who was walking in the area and said a man had run from the store, bumped into him, grabbed him, demanded to know where he lived, and when the boy didn't answer, the man ordered to tell him where he lived or I'll kill you. Uh, I don't know why this would help a murderer. I, I really don't. I can't think of a okay, reason. Like, did I miss it? I don't know. Maybe. Tell me where you live or I'll kill you. To a small child? I don't know. Maybe oh. like to hide out there? I don't know. It doesn't make oh. any sense. Oh. But that still doesn't make sense. I don't know. Sense. I don't know. So the kid apparently managed to twist loose and run away. Which is like, what a little badass. I would have been like, I, know, okay, I would have just, you I would have literally turned into a puddle. I would have been like, I'm already dead. I'd I'm be- clearly already dead. <laughs> I would have been like, I don't know where I live anymore. I'm not alive, but I'm not dead. I'm pre-dead. I'm pre-dead. <laughs> I'm pre-dead. Aren't we all? <laughs> uh-huh. Which is just, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so the kid just apparently ripped loose from the guy and ran. And he described him as a red-haired man. That's about it. They kind oh. of created like a composite sketch and circulated it throughout the region. Uh, members of the detective department flew to an Ohio city to uh, to a different Ohio city to quiz a suspect who was kind of charged in a similar case uh, and who fit this like red haired description, but nothing came of it. It wasn't the right guy. Police also talked to a man who lived in a house owned by Tweed uh, that was located behind the store. And this man said he had heard nothing. Uh, so it was during lunch hour, obviously like, well, not obviously, but like during midday. And he said he had heard nothing. Uh, he saw no one leave through the basement door, which apparently hadn't been opened for a long time. There was a high window, like, in the store that that was open. but Like a um, Skylar space? Or? A Skylar! Oh, Skylar, I hope you never have to bear witness to anything that tragic. He's like, I listen to your podcast <laughs> live right. every week. Here, I listen to your I'm podcast not- and the, all the shit that happens like, outside you, of the podcast. You have no right asking me to not experience anything tragic. Okay, you're so right. Then. I take it all back. Skylar. Skylar must be like a chain smoker at this point. <laughs> Just- Skylar must be in therapy. <laughs> oh, God. I probably owe you some therapy. I'm sorry, Skylar. Uh, so this window was open, but apparently it was open during the summer because it was hot. So it, it that like didn't mean anything. Yeah. That well, that doesn't, yeah, it doesn't give you any information. Mm, no. So later in the afternoon, a telephone call to police reported that there were papers strewn about on outdoor steps and along the freeway fence, a block from the furniture store. And, uh, patrolman Jim Buckley went to find the papers and they were, they belonged to Mr. Tweed. And his wallet was there, too. So it's implied at this point that this guy was camping out at Tweed's house, right? Uh, That's what no. it sounds like. It sounds to me like all of his stuff is there, so... Well, uh, along the freeway? I mean, I would... I, without knowing anything, I would think that this guy was staying at Tweed's house and, like, just, like, taking his stuff and... Now I don't know what throwing it around. I don't know. Wait, I'm confused. I'm sorry. I don't know. Keep going. I think I'm. I think I. Am... Well, they found his paperwork in his wallet on the side of the freeway. Yeah, I feel like someone was like like threw it out of his car or something. Or right. I but don't where know. does his house come in from? This. I imagine they found the stuff at his house, and he was. Oh, they were staying no, at I his mean, house. I think and... they robbed him of it at the store. Like. Oh. Okay. They took his wallet. Oh right, because he was dead at the store. Yes. Okay, that okay, makes more sorry. sense. Now. Okay, I get. Okay, I think that was the mis- disconnect here. Yes. Yeah. 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 He was murdered in the store. Yeah, that yeah. I knew. I decided without. I decided in the middle that you were wrong, and he just died in his house. Sure. Okay. Separate I mean, away from listen, you. I could be. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but also, that would mean Paige is wrong, and I don't want to accuse her of that. So, 
Uh, so, right. They found a block from the furniture store. They found his wallet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice. Okay. Uh, put, so they went and picked it up. The money was gone. So it was believed that obviously this was a robbery. Uh, it was believed the man then ran through a vacant lot that was kind of attached to the store toward the freeway. And that's where he like tossed the shit he didn't want, like the empty wallet, the papers he didn't want, whatever. Got it. Uh, so police surmised that, uh, Mrs. Morris and her little girl were killed because they just happened. Like you said, collateral damage, damage, which is so fucking tragic, um, happened on the robbery and like maybe could identify who it was and so he killed them for he just like, didn't want any witnesses exactly and they were pretty much helpless so mr tweed himself he was apparently described as like a pretty tough guy he had been through the depression and had obviously run his business through the depression which i'm sure was like the quite, hardest thing on earth right like quite a task um but again he was 75 so he probably could not have fought off like a strong attacker right and then of course there's um oh so linda's wife Linda's wife, Jesus Christ. Uh, Linda's husband, Lou, described Linda. Why am I so confused with their names? Sorry. There's Linda, Angela as the daughter, and uh-huh. then Lou is the husband. So Lou described Linda as a friendly and old-fashioned country girl who stood five feet tall and weighed 110 pounds at the most. So she's super tiny. She's not super defending tiny. herself. And was 22, probably trying to protect her four-year-old, was also pregnant. Right. I mean, they were just in a terrible... The most vulnerable triple you exact- can think of. Exactly. So apparently the Fraternal Order of Police of East Liverpool and Wellsville jointly offered a $500 reward at the time, but it has never been collected. It's been 46 years and the case remains unsolved. Uh, The case was obviously, uh, one could say botched. I don't want to say botched, but like in today's standards, it was botched as in people could walk into the crime scene, you know, like right, right, right. Like contaminated in some way. Exactly. And like things that matter today didn't exist dna was not a thing that they were probably security cameras security how did they get how did any crime ever get solved without today's technology honest to god i think about that a lot because i'm like anything get done how could you prove that someone and you think about the witch hunts and stuff and it's like they literally just made shit up they literally like well i don't like her oh right none of us do yeah it's like i would have been killed instantly oh we yeah. would have been the dead second so i was fast. born they would have been like throw it in the river throw it in god damn it oh this one's a bad one yeah <laughs> we can smell it yeah. what was it i can smell a rat before i smell the incense yeah that's yeah, one of yeah. my favorite new quotes by the way um yeah so uh i don't know either because nowadays like you have to be so there has to be like I mean, not necessarily. Well, like, that's the- like it's like the John Mulaney bit when he's like, in in the old days, like two cops would show up and be like, "Ew, there's a pile of blood. Mop it up." Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like now back to my hunch. Like, or they'd be like, "Here, we're charging five dollars to come see this fucking crime right, scene. Right, right. Like, t- steal the raisins off this pie." I mean, God. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a fucked up story. Right? Like, I just think they're about just that. eating the cake that they had baked before they got murdered. Shocker! That one's unsolved too. Which I'm actually kind of amazed. I'm like, at least they didn't charge someone not knowing who it was right 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 i don't know which is worse i mean i guess putting an innocent person in jail is worse obviously yeah but so okay uh compromising evidence uh in 2010 a local photographer released a documentary called 759 dresden which is an address of the furniture store now i swear to god i cannot find this goddamn documentary and uh it was shown locally and aired on a local TV station, but it was never released on DVD, never released online. Huh. It is nowhere unless somebody put it on a VHS 
We uh, lived yes. on had public access in East Liverpool. Interesting. So I like could not find any of it. There were like a couple bits of footage I found on YouTube, but like not the whole movie. So that Got was it. kind of a bummer. Um, but they did have uh, interviews with people who were close to the events. They even had like archival footage in this documentary. Uh, they interviewed Mr. Tweed's daughter, which is really sad. And then Lou, who was, uh, Linda's husband and, uh, Angela's father. And it also talks about some other, apparently 20 unsolved murders in this same County. So yikes. Mm. Uh, anyway, Lou, the husband says in the film that the East Liverpool, East Liverpool police had been overwhelmed by the case because they weren't accustomed to such mayhem which oh wow i feel like makes sense in a small town you suddenly have this like violent yeah i can't murder. imagine us like a like a tiny town just all of a sudden having this right? massive like coverage and then being like wow well, i don't know what to do i feel like that probably still happens today when like in a small town something crazy yeah. happens like, to, i don't know i don't know like, what the hell am i supposed to do like typically i'm following drunk teens around right to right right home i don't know apparently another triple homicide happened six years later in the same fucking town so I don't know what's going on there, but Paige, be careful. God. Uh, so Mr. Morris, Lou, uh, went on to marry again after his wife's death. He had five children. Wow. But it's just so tragic that the first... That, yeah, his first daughter died. Yeah, and the and the baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He spent 27 years actually as a police officer in Michigan. And in hindsight, this is interesting, he was puzzled as to why authorities never questioned him or any other relatives about his wife's murder. Yeah, right is that wild like i mean not i mean it sounds kind of incriminating but well no he was like they literally never i mean he's a police officer he's like they never fucking interviewed me and like i know but it's it sounds a little like it sounds i know i know yeah i agree i I actually thought it sounded the opposite because i was like if i never got interviewed i'd be like fucking zip it like i'm not gonna point attention to the fact that no one ever asked me anything but it is weird because you would usually think the first person would be right well that's what he said he was like well usually like the husband did it you know that's kind of like the cliche Maybe it was such a small town they like just knew he would never do it i don't know maybe but even he was like it was really weird they never interviewed us because i mean maybe but maybe not even as the suspect but maybe like do you know anyone who could have hurt Hmm, them right i mean like yeah nothing just for information Anyway, so he, it's just weird. Anyway, Lou passed away in August of 2010 in West Virginia, hmm. St. Mary's. Wow, West Virginia. That's basically Virginia to some oh, people. Oh, I got confused. Did you really? Yeah. You've got to be kidding me. West Virginia, wrong, wrong state. <laughs> you said it in a way like, how about that? And I was like, yeah. I literally like tapped you like, good for you. <laughs> That's like me being like, and it happened in Kentucky. Uh-huh. And you're like, okay. I'm 10 minutes away. <laughs> you would be more right than I am, <laughs> to be fair. West Virginia is like two or three hours away yeah, from me. Yeah, my bad. I think it's actually like two or three hours away from me. So maybe oh, maybe that's our that's our meetup point next time we're home. Some John Denver, make a yeah. little cabin cozy, nature oh, cozy. Sh- let's fucking let's just move there. And what fucking... are the odds that our meetup spot is the epitome of nature cozy? Uh, it makes a lot of sense. Listen, I'm just saying. And also in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> it's exactly where I want to yes. be. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so he passed away just, oh, just three months before the release of the documentary, which is really sad. And he was interviewed in the documentary. So. Um, he was only 63 years old. His se- Okay, this part actually made me cry a little bit. His second wife, who he had the five children with, arranged for his ashes to be buried in Spring Grove Cemetery in East Liverpool next to his first wife, daughter, and unborn child. Oh, that's tough. That's tough. And Kurt's- also, it's very sweet, but also very sad. I know, but it's like just so heartbreaking. Uh, and also just the fact that she knew how important that was to like bring him back to his wow. first family is just like the most... <sighs> so sad. 
<sighs> anyway, um, so Mr. Tweed's daughter, uh, who at the time of the documentary was 72 and living outside of Cambridge, Ohio, also don't know what that is. I need to get better at my whoops, uh, said police never questioned her either. And it was her father's store, her family's store, her father's murder. Never asked her a goddamn question. Weird. About... Maybe the maybe the even the killer's like, I can't believe they didn't fucking interview me. Like, <laughs> seriously, oh my God. Like, maybe they just never interviewed anyone. He's like, that was too easy. He's like, damn. And then it had to happen again six years later. Right. Maybe, maybe he, he was like did. testing it. He was like, maybe wow. this time they'll interview me. I love this triple murder habit I've got going on. Right. Uh, yeah. So she was actually in her 30s the time it happened. So, I mean, she would have been the perfect person to interview and right. ask about the, maybe the store, like if they had any enemies, <clears throat> like, I don't know. But current officers can't speak to the specifics of who was or was not interviewed because the case is actually still open. Um, but apparently an old uh, a review of the old file showed that police did hundreds of interviews. OK, I forgot about this of potential suspects and witnesses. So not just suspects, but like they did hundreds of interviews, but somehow skipped uh, the most important people. Right, just okay. kind of skipped a circle outward, I guess um obviously there were it, it is still also shocking that there happened to be no friggin witnesses when this happened like in the main road of this town on a busy day like a lunch hour i mean it ha- like what's her uh the the nurse walked francis walked in like right after this happened right right people right. were out shopping you know it wasn't like wow this person waited till closing to rob the store it was like just in the middle of broad daylight but yet nobody saw anything and he fled on foot presumably um, somebody said, oh, a retired police officer named uh, Dave Muma said he would have had to been co- have been covered with blood. So, like, the fact that no one seemed to spot in this small town. Yeah, unless someone... he, like, brought a jacket or something. <laughs> but even then, like, a giant parka. It's just, like, fucking. <laughs> the middle of August. It's like, right. don't mind But me. then that would be something weird, too. Like, that guy was in a jacket probably covering it's up probably blood. probably even weirder than walking around covered in blood. Right. <laughs> um he also is he also said i've also felt that the person lived in that area and knew the area which probably maybe maybe explains like how they got away so quickly without being seen like maybe they knew how to escape through an alley yeah. i have yeah, no I guess idea so. um not everyone believes a killer could be a local obviously like on the other hand of that like you it makes sense that it could be a local because it's like oh they knew the store they knew how to get away but at the same time like it's such a small town that everyone knows everyone and like it must be so hard to keep a secret like that that no one would ever be suspicious that you came home in a giant parka one day and right, like, right 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 my roommate was acting really weird <sighs> um and also it's hard to believe i guess to this is actually page's point it's hard to believe that someone like your neighbor could be mur- capable of like murdering an old man a pregnant woman and a child yeah so it's like nobody was like pointing fingers in town like just very baffling basically the whole thing uh some people think that the suspect was just passing through um or that it could have been a serial killer which i feel like often often happens to be like just a like a like a throwaway excuse exactly like must "Eh, be a serial killer that we don't know and apparently don't care enough about just lump him in with all the others um, but another retired officer uh, says in the documentary that an out-of-town robber would have been more likely to hold up the gas station down the street than a small used furniture store, which is a very interesting point, right? Like, why would you go rob, like, this random furniture store when you could rob, like, a more lucrative? Yeah, lucrative place. I don't know. No, I guess that does make sense. Yeah, I, I wouldn't peg a furniture store as, like, the place with the most Especially, money. Especially, like, an antique used furniture. It wasn't, like... Right, like, a place with seemingly some, probably makes less money than other storefronts yeah, near it. Yeah, I guess the only thing I could imagine is, like, because he's an old man, maybe easy to take and he was over. vulnerable, which would make me think that they he 
they knew the owner. Yeah, but then you'd think that they would have done it when there weren't people in the shop, you know? This makes no sense. Anyway. It sounds like it was his lunch break. Maybe they thought he'd close for (gasps) lunch. Oh, maybe. So then maybe it was just random that there were two people there, but they were hoping no one would be there. But do you think that they would kill, they went to kill him or just rob the store? I would imagine just rob the store. Like, it's not like a 75-year-old man is going to, like, do too much damage to you for the most part, but I I guess they were... But the fact that he was stabbed 27 times? It sounds really personal like overkill you know yeah a literal overkill but like he the robert whatever okay no i'm with you like the robbery makes no sense but it's also like why the fuck 27 times sounds personal unless you are maybe not maybe if it was someone passing through and they weren't obviously mentally well for committing random murder but maybe like to have that much violence and passion for no reason you know and then maybe it was a serial killer who knows i mean i don't know but that seems just so random apparently like people who knew mr tweed also knew he was known to carry cash usually at least 200 bucks so maybe it was someone who knew him and knew hey this guy tends to carry cash on him uh i could just go in and easily so maybe they were trying to rob him personally like i want your wallet maybe he fought back i don't know i don't know who knows I'm going to solve it right now, actually. It sounds like you're on it. We're not leaving. You're on the case, (laughs) hot to trot. (laughs) Oh, I wish. Uh, Mr. Mumas, the detective, said the secret could be, quote, locked up in a family, which sounds like the best movie title. Like locked up in a family, like a family secret that no one has shared. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Like like the people who know it are like just members of a family. But he thinks by now someone would have said something. So. Perhaps not, but he does believe the killer by now is dead. That's his theory. Sure, um, it was like forty years ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah, fifty years ago. I think four. Fifty. Yeah, you're right, it's twenty twenty. Right. It's almost fifty. God damn. The seventies were fifty years ago. Yikes! How? How? I wasn't even here for the seventies, and it doesn't feel like fifty years ago. I know. I know. It's not good. It's not good. Um, if people in people born in the seventies were like. Were they in high school when I was born? That checks out, right? It depends on when. But, like, they were near, like, high school, college age, right? Yeah, yeah. And now 50. Wow. Yikes. Um, anyway, the, uh, da 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 So, the daughter of Mr. Tweed says in the documentary, quote, I can't imagine somebody doing that kind of thing, that much violence, and then going on and living a completely normal life after that. That kind of person is going to continue with that kind of behavior. She says she tries not to dwell on what happened all those years ago and would like to see the crime solved, but she's kept some distance. Uh, she's kept some distance from a local group, Columbiana County Family, Jesus, Columbiana County Families of Homicide Victims and the vigils they've held for murder victims. Oh. She says, you have to pick up and move on with your life after something like this. Otherwise, it takes over the rest of your life. And that is the story of the uh, Tweed Morris triple murder. Wow. Thank you, Paige, for literally helping me discover this. For being our, like, research assistant for the day? Wow. Honestly, like, the sources are all here. Like, it's unbelievable. Um, One of them is called ghosting12.com, so that's fun. Oh, wow. Um, But every time I would search for it and I would, like, find an article, I'd be like, oh, shit, Sherry. Sherry did. Sherry did. Sherry did. However, I did did find a new article. Oh, okay. You did good too, Christine. <laughs> I did too. I tried. Uh, also, like, I got to check. Can you imagine someone sends me this whole story and then I read it and everyone's like, that none of that is true. Or you Uh-oh. just, someone's suing you now because you just, like, accused Please don't someone, sue us. We're trying really hard over here. Murder. 
Uh, no, somebody wrote an article in June of 2016 because I guess there was this. I had actually heard about this. There was a man who died by suicide in an East Lake apartment in 2002, and uh, it was discovered that he had been living under the stolen identity of an eight-year-old boy who died what? in 1945. Have you heard about this? No. So I'd heard like briefly about it, um, and so this author or the author of this article on uh, PressureLife.com. Uh, he, the article is called the curious case of the Un- unknown man part two. And at first he had tried to link John Doe, this guy, cause he had this assumed identity for his whole life. And so they were trying to figure out who he was. So first this author, um, Adam, he said he was trying to link him to the Zodiac killer because it was like oh. the same region, but that didn't interesting. That didn't interesting. Pan interesting. Out. Yeah. That didn't pan out. But so his next theory was that maybe it was the killer of the, Morris tweed, oh. tweed Morris triple murders. That was his theory. Then I rem- I read this whole article going, wow, that's amazing. Oh my god, it could really be. And then I was like, didn't they? Hold on. And I googled the guy, and in 2018 they uh, figured out who he was, and it was actually a man named Joseph Newton Chandler the third. So, oh wow. Uh, and it, I mean, it could. I guess it could have been the murderer. Maybe I didn't. There's nowhere saying that Joseph Newton Chandler the third was not the murderer. I guess. Well, but there hasn't been any proof since then that uh. He could, uh, he was hmm. the guy, but maybe, well, but look, it, it, even his Wikipedia says that, uh, he could possibly have been on the run after committing one or more violent crimes. Some people did believe he was the Zodiac killer, that that was never confirmed. What a so, fun theory. I like how everyone is possibly the, the Zodiac, Zodiac killer. Honestly, it's going to be like, sad. It might we, be me when we figure it out. And then we're like, oh, you can really tie anyone to one part of it and be like, oh yeah, that, that's them. Ted Cruz thousand percent thousand percent however it also says he could very well have been like a nazi official um hiding out which uh, hiding out from war crimes obviously and apparently they're following an uh a link a potential link to the unsolved 1989 murder of amy mahajevic so all right Uh, maybe i'll have to cover that um anyway so he was in the area maybe that is him maybe adam's right i don't know but uh it's just a, a potential speaking of uh nazi officer or nazi officials hiding out uh, if you have not watched The Devil Next Door, it's probably oh. my favorite docu-series I've ever watched in my whole life. I keep telling people that, but, like, I don't think Super I've good. ever watched a documentary that good in my whole life. So, anyway. I, it's always a gamble when a German says, speaking of, you know, Nazi war crimes. I, 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 like, try, to keep, I try to keep sound bites like that out of the podcast so people no, can't. No, this time you really got my eyes wide open there. <laughs> yeah, you know, keep you on your toes, but, like, I don't need anyone clipping clips of me and throwing them out there you know sure speaking of uh slander but anyway so that's the story and thank you Paige, for sending that in i like stumbled upon it completely randomly and then i was like ohio and then i was like unsolved and here we are all right so thank you Paige, and thank you everyone for listening thank you everyone and uh if you want to hear more about what lin-manuel miranda is gonna be uh writing about oh, next, yeah, we'll probably year? be doing a live stream with him soon so yeah you can check that out if we ever got him on the show that would be bananas uh let's do it okay, i'm everyone, sure he has some ghost stories everyone let's manifest that like right now okay can we figure out if lin-manuel miranda has ghost stories and then please can he come on our show to tell them because that would be so fun so at least enough people tweet about us to him so he knows who we are and then maybe he'll hear the episode where we just like vouch that he'll do a broadway show right. off of my story but in a really normal way don't be like 
But like, be a cool, like, be, be cool. cool. Like, be cool. It's be cool. organic. Cool. Have it organically you guys, happen. I mean, I love you, but you've almost gotten me reblocked by Zach Bagans a number of times. So, like, watch like, it. We'll have to start making like on a spectrum from like Lin Manuel Miranda to Zach Bagans. We would like to be in the good graces. You <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, let's keep it we'll up to, here. We'll have to stay near Lynn this time. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> Thanks, I guess. And that's why we drink. Bye, tickets to our shows. Bye. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain.